0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. And now you've got Kajula looking for the activating nurse. He's got him to win it. Nurse shoots and scores! Raleigh takes the staff, settles into the pocket. He's got some time. Now he's going deep, looking down the sidelines. Oh, what a catch! And that's going to be a touchdown all the way to the end zone for Darrell Walker. An absolute bomb! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. All that and Andy Rooney. Flames and Maple Leafs scoreless after the first period. Wild and Canucks coming up at 8 o'clock. Monday night football gets going soon. New England 5-2 at Buffalo. Two and five. The Edmonton Oilers back at it tomorrow. They will host the Minnesota Wild. Would you believe it? The Oilers have won three straight. Keith down the middle of the ice. Brandon Saad taken off the puck by McDavid. He'll give it up, and Kane gave it away. It's three on one for Edmonton and O.T. To winner drives over the line. Dishes, McDavid shoots and scores! McDavid from Leon Drysaddle wins the game for Edmonton. 2-1 in overtime. The Oilers are 6-3-1 on the season after starting 0-2. They are in second place in the Pacific Division behind the San Jose Sharks. And they are looking much more similar to the team that made the playoffs two years ago than to the one that fell flat on its face last season. Yesterday's game in Chicago, I would by no means say the Oilers played great, but they hung in the game. They got saves from their goaltender, Cam Talbot, and then the Oilers have what has to be one of, if not the, the most deadly duo in three-on-three overtime in the NHL, Dreisaitl and McDavid, who combine again. The Oilers have three overtime winners on the season, Darnell Nurse got the first one, and then against Boston, it was McDavid setting up Dreisaitl, and last night it was Dreisaitl setting up McDavid. The Oilers have lost one game in overtime, and that was the brilliant goal by Sidney Crosby last week. Third period last night, Chicago outplayed the Oilers. I, I really thought they did, but here's the thing. Talbot made the saves. It was by far from a clean period by the Oilers. But they hung in there. Yeah, they had giveaways. Yeah, they had mistakes, but they were covering for each other. They were desperate, getting back into position, making defensive plays, getting in the way tipping passes, blocking shots when they needed to, and they survive the period, and they get an overtime, and their two stars take it away from there. Uh, And then in Nashville on Saturday, I mean, I think they just flat out played a really good game. First 10 minutes of the first period, first 10 minutes of the second period, I think some of the best stretches of hockey, probably the two best stretches of hockey we've seen from the Oilers this season. So they have uh, avoided disaster. They have avoided having to play catch-up, at least for now. As Todd McClellan said after the game, All he can do now is keep plugging away. You look at the next 10-game segment, it looks pretty tough as well. I mean, Minnesota coming here tomorrow. They have more points than the Oilers. Chicago, Oilers, yeah, beat them last night. They have more points than the Oilers. Then you have four road games in six days. Then you have Colorado and Montreal at home. uh, They both have started the season well. You got a California road trip uh, near the end of November. They're... Uh, I mean, there might be games that, that look perhaps easier, but uh, until you get out there and play them, uh, they all look pretty difficult, and uh, they're usually all pretty competitive and tight once you hit the ice. But a lot of good signs from the Oilers, getting some scoring and contributions from uh, offensive players not named McDavid as well. Cassian, good game last night. That fourth line had a pretty good game. Obviously, Chason had some goals last week. Kajula got two against the Predators. So, you know, hey, look, the the team that lost 5-2 to the New Jersey Devils in a stinker back at the start of the season, that Oilers team is still in there. We'll probably, unfortunately, see it at some point but I feel a little bit better that we're not going to perhaps see them as often as uh, what the concern would have been. You can let me know how you feel 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chad, we will have uh, Jason Moss talking to Morley Scott at 730 tonight. Also some comments from Mike Riley and Brock Sunderland throughout the show. Cam Talbot. I thought with a, a pretty good clip summarizing the Oilers' season so far after the game last night
1: confidence in our group is uh, is growing game by game you can tell we're um, you know we're just making the simple plays we're not trying to do too much out there um, you know all, all the lines are rolling and we can count on guys to come up with big goals like cast tonight so um, you know we start getting timely scoring from all four lines our d's playing great um, other than the five on three our penalty kill shut them down and that's a tough power play across the hall so um, you know it takes everyone in that room and every aspect of the game to to, to focus on and we've been doing a great job of that right
0: now you know you hear that word a lot confidence and I know some of you probably get sick of it because uh, you like to uh, and, and, and hey it's fun to look at stats and talk about who's faster and who shoots harder and, and uh, uh, how many goals people get but every pro athlete will tell you that confidence is a big factor and I think it was drained away from the Oilers last season and I, I'm not saying that as an excuse I'm just saying that as a fact and it's it's their own fault the the guest we got coming up at six thirty, Drew Armenda, once said on this show, "You don't lose your confidence; you choose to give it away, or or you choose to to do things that that lead to to bad plays or giving opportunities to the other team, and that affects your confidence if bad things happen." Um, but they they appear more under control; they appear more patient. Todd McClellan has one of his sayings he's had for years is. Uh, stay in the game. Don't fold your hand. If it takes 60 minutes, fine. If it takes into overtime, fine. If it takes into a shootout, fine. Keep staying in it. Keep giving yourself a chance. Keep trying to be the team that gets two points. Talbot, in his, in his last seven games, has a 918 save percentage. In other words, that's his career average. Now, for the season, he's 9 9 Obviously, tough game against New Jersey. Uh, Gave up, uh, what was it, three in Boston. They got the fourth into the empty net. You know, fair enough. Wasn't the better goaltender against uh, Pittsburgh in that wild 6-5 game. Murray able to duel him and make a couple more saves at the end. That's going to happen, but overall Talbot pretty good. Last year, he just did not look like himself. Probably last 20 games, he started to look a little bit better. I was reminded of this clip from Wayne Gretzky. He joined us in Studio 99 on the Faceoff Show for the Oilers' home opener against Boston almost two weeks ago. And this stuck with me at the time, and I went and found it today. Maybe the best goalie in the league
1: two years ago. And then last year he started the year with a bad stomach injury and I don't know if he ever got over
0: it through the first 50 games. but he looks healthy and rested and ready to go now. Talbot last year. remember he missed a couple of weeks when Laurent Bressois started seven games in a row and he had some sort of an abdominal muscle issue. And Gretzky suggesting there maybe that was still hindering him, even once he came back and played and finally settled down after. Well, Gretzky said 50 games for me. Maybe it would have been 60, but but you know in the last third or quarter of the season for sure, Talbot looked more comfortable. And I, you got to say too also with how Oscar Kleffbaum is playing this year as compared to last. Maybe the the impact of their ailments. Clef cleft bomb with the shoulder was having even a bigger impact than we thought at the time. Just something to keep in mind there. Another former Oiler joined us on the face-off show last week. Kevin Lowe. And uh, when he said this, it stuck with me. And I thought, I wonder if this is a storyline we're going to follow.
2: I think the players were pretty nervous. I, that's my sense, just watching
0: them. I think they came out
2: of games where they were, or started games where they they were a little bit nervous. And then
0: once they got playing. And I think there might be something to that as well. It wasn't a good effort in New Jersey. You know, in Boston, they got, they got uh, behind in the first period, 3-1. One against the Rangers, the comeback against the Jets, and I wonder if something in there, probably a little bit Talbot, probably maybe a little, you know, that comeback in Winnipeg, they just calmed down a little bit and said to themselves, wait a minute, we know who we are, we know how we can play, let's play together, let's be sure about what we're doing. And I think it's all contributed to the Oilers' good start to the season. And it's just a good start, but I think some little things obviously have turned in their favor. (laughs)
1: This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet.
0: Just talking a bit it's about Cam Talbot in the last section of the show it is 619 still no score 7 minutes into the second period Flames and Maple Leafs going head to head tonight my name is Reed Wilkins thank you very much for tuning in more on the Oilers and uh, their good play of late with Drew Armenda coming up after the 630 news the Eskimos getting ready for their final game of the season Saturday against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium of course the second half of the season it uh, all went down the tubes for the Eskimos they are going to miss the playoffs and a lot of speculation about what happens next with the team I'll tell you this nothing's going to happen this week they'll play the game and uh, who knows maybe a week from now we're getting some changes or some news uh, I know there uh, have been some reports speculation that Jason Moss has lost the room quarterback Mike Riley was asked about that today
3: That's bull- so who, whoever told you that didn't come out of that locker room so I don't I don't see it that way, um, and again, how our guys came out and practice today. If he'd have lost that room, he wouldn't have seeing what I saw out there on the field today. So guys know how hard that our staff works. Uh, guys know how hard that their teammates work in there, but it's pro football. And you're not going to win every game, and we didn't win enough of them this year. Uh, but we got an opportunity to win one more, and that's what the guys are focused on. Uh, whether they're in the coaches' hallway or they're in our locker room as a, as a player, um, we're all still fighting together, and it's going to be that way uh, to the very end, till that last whistle, you know, this coming weekend.
0: All right, that is Mike Riley, Eskimos quarterback, who, of course, another storyline for him, going to the offseason. He is a pending free agent, as are several other quarterbacks in the Canadian Football League, many of them represented by the same agent who has advised them not to sign extensions until we see what the new collective bargaining agreement looks like because there may be the opportunity for them to get substantial raises as a result of the new CBA. Riley was asked about his upcoming
3: free agent status. I haven't thought about anything uh, outside of that game. Um, and again, like I said, my focus was on trying to get a win to get us into the playoffs. But the fact that that has changed in, in the reality that we can't be in the postseason hasn't changed what my focus is and what my thought process is. So, you know, if it's not about Winnipeg, I haven't given it a second thought and, uh, and I won't. Um, you know, I'm prepared to come out here and, and play the very best that I can on this field. And I expect the same of all the guys on our team. And, and that's what we're going to do. All right, a
0: little bit there from Mike Riley. And, of course, the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss is at 7.30 tonight. All right, we have John standing by on line one. Go ahead, John.
1: Hi, Reed. Thanks for taking my call. I, I was thinking about the Eskimo problem this weekend. And and really, to me, a big part of the problem was the performance of our general manager. And the way we look at, it, at the season, we needed better cover guys. And this was evident early on after a few games. We need guys with enough speed to cover the good receivers. We need bigger, tougher linebackers, uh, guys that uh, can hit and guys that can tackle. I mean, Aaron Grimes and and J.C. Shearer, they're all world. They're wonderful, but they need some help. And and the GM had all season to look for guys, bring guys in, and nothing happened. Uh, He had all season to fix the left tackle position. And so we went the season with... O'Donnell playing out of position, and really, I'm with you, Reed. We wasted a year of offense for the best quarterback in the league. And, but the thing that bothered me the most about the GM was the attitude he took at the end of August when he, he made a call that his present team was good enough and there wouldn't be an airlift and he wasn't going to be bringing in any FL cuts and there weren't any trades and all the teams were signing people before the deadline and nothing happened. And so I just think a good part of this is on his shoulders. And and I hope that the fans, uh, the Eskimo fans, will send their concerns and, and their complaints to the board of directors and to the CEO, Len Rose. Uh, I hope that the board stops wasting meeting time on changing the team name. I mean, really, that's that's a no-brainer. Uh, our Inuit communities are so spread out. If you've been up nor- north, you know they're so poor. They, they need water. They need food. They need power. They need health care. The last thing on their mind is the Edmonton Eskimo team name. So I think the board's priorities should be, number one, sign Mike, Riley, whatever you do. Number two, bring in Ricky Ray to coach the offense. Number three, assess the GM's
0: position and okay. Hold on, priorities. hold on, John. I gotta, I gotta challenge you on something here. And you know what? If, if fair, fair, fair criticism. Uh, I think Brock did some good things, and, and did some things that didn't didn't work out, or maybe could have been more active in some areas. Fair enough. I, I gotta challenge you, John, on what makes you think Ricky Ray would be a good offensive coordinator, because it, you know and I'm not saying you. But I have some people telling me, why did, we, why did we fire Ed Hervey? He used to be an Eskimo. And I have the same people telling me, get rid of Jason Moss. And, oh, by the way, he used to be an Eskimo and was, was hired by Ed Hervey. So I, I, you've you got to have something for me on Ricky Ray besides the fact that he played for the Eskimos.
1: He played here. He loves Edmonton. He knows offense. And he, he's, he's gone through all kinds of different scenarios in California. In the NFL, he, he's, he's a wonderful person. And so that counts a lot. I don't have a problem with Jason Moss being the coach. I just think he was spread too thin. But I'd like somebody to come in with a different attitude and a, a guy who appreciates the passing game, but he's been in Toronto where they have decent running. And so I think he, it, he would just be a really good match.
0: Uh, and Does he want and a I coach, that, though? Does Ricky want a coach? Uh, I don't know. Well, okay, so that's the thing, John. That's why I'm telling you, you got to be careful, man. Yeah, I mean, Chris, I, I John, Chris Jones that. never played I, pro I'm just football. Saying,
1: <laughs> if, it, if it's evaluated and uh, there's a way to do that and people think it would be good, yeah, let's, let's do it. The, the
0: last thing is... Quick, John, quick, 20 yeah, seconds. Keep your season
1: ticket people happy. That's my message for the board. So, you know what, Reed, next time I call you, it'll be a happy call <laughs> All right. on the Edmonton Oilers. I just got to
0: so. get this off my chest. All right. Love when you call, John. That's John at 780-496-0063. Uh, John is always great. He's uh, always great, always has a lot of passion and always uh, puts a lot of thought into what he's going to say. So he is fun to talk to for sure. All right, we're coming up to the 6.30 news. We're going to have to call a quick timeout. Speaking of the Eskimos, we have a four-pack of tickets to give away to Saturday's game against the Bombers. And uh, don't forget, we're going to take caller number 4, 780-496-0063. I know they're not going to be playing for a playoff spot, but you can get a Ched Kids ticket for $6.30. Valid for a youth 12 and under. Uh, with the fees, it'll cost 10:30, and it's the 6:30 Ched Santa's Anonymous toy drive to build a mountain of toys at the game. So you can bring your toy for donation. Wrap them in a clear plastic bag, keep them visible and clean, and put the toys. on the turf so you can help help 630 Chad Senders Anonymous by going to this game. We're back after the
3: news this is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad.
0: Bomb banked a perfect pass to Reader. Hits Dry in over the line, shoots and scores. Leon Dry second of the afternoon gives Edmonton a commanding 4-1 lead at the home of last year's President's Trophy winners. Good weekend for the Edmonton Oilers. They win in Nashville. First time in 13 games, or after 13 losses in a row to the Predators, they finally beat them. They tough out an overtime win last night against Chicago. And of course, it's three games in a row. Going back to the win over the Washington Capitals on Thursday, the Oilers are 6-3-1 through 10 games. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 630 Chet, and I'm pleased to be joined by Oilers Analyst from SportsNet. It's my buddy Drew Ramenda. Drew, how are you doing, sir? Good read. How are you? I'm. Uh, I'm doing excellent. It's great to have you on the show again. I, I know we uh, talked a bit just as training camp was uh, was getting rolling, and we were looking at that schedule and what's going to happen. And then they started 0 and 2, and oh my goodness, they're 6, 3, and 1.
2: Pretty impressive. I, I looked at this. Uh, I think we talked about it. Looked at the schedule in October, considering the travel to Europe and then the ensuing road trip and the amount of time that the Oilers were going to be traveling this month and the teams that they were playing and thought to myself, if they come out of this 500, they're going to be in really good shape because this is a tough part of the schedule. And I thought this would, if they could come out 500, they'd have some confidence and they'd feel good about themselves and the belief system will start to grow. That's been exceeded 6-3-1 and the week they had Pittsburgh, Washington. Nashville, Chicago, and two of those games on the road, and they get seven out of eight points. You should be feeling pretty good about your belief system right now if you're in Edmonton order.
0: Let, let me ask you this, Drew. Uh, when you say belief system, what do you mean? Do you mean players believing in themselves? Do you mean trusting them each other? Do you yeah. mean trusting that what their coaches are telling them is going to work? Where does that start for you?
2: It starts with believing in themselves first. It starts with what I'm doing is working and helping the team. And it, it, it goes to believing in each other and knowing that the guy on the ice that you're out there with or the guy on the ice that you're going out for next is doing exactly what you, he needs to be doing in order to be a positive impact for your team. And that confidence within yourself and each other begins to grow. And also the confidence in what our structure is or what your team's structure is is working and will work and will be successful if you stay with it the entire game and you stay with it the entire season. So yes, there's the the confidence and belief system in the coaches as well. But it starts with the belief system in yourself because everybody's got to feel good about themselves before you can be a positive influence anywhere in your life. You've got to feel good about yourself as a human being and as a person if you're going to be a good employee, if you're going to be a good father, a good son, um, whatever it happens to be that you're, you're addressing, whatever issue you're or whatever situation you you are encountering, you have to have that belief in yourself first that you can do the job. And the orders are having that right now. And more and more guys over this last week because they've been able to score. And I know that there's more goes into the game than scoring, but everybody goes to the rink wanting to score. When you were a kid and you played hockey and you came home after a game and your mom and dad said, did you win? And you'd say yes or no. The next question was what?
0: Yep. So How many goal? goals? Yep.
2: Yep. So everybody goes to the link wanting to score. So if you get got more guys scoring, more guys contributing to scoring, that, that confidence in, again, yourself and then each other begins to grow.
0: Drew, the, I, I mean, I, I said in the summer that I thought the biggest change for the Oilers, and I, and I knew that, you know, there were some roster changes. There's a couple guys that wound up making it off PTOs and great for them. But the biggest change was going to be Rose coming in, Gullitson coming in, and Yanni coming in as uh, assistant coaches. Woodcroft went to coach the farm. Herbers went back to the U of A, and uh, Jim Johnson was let go, obviously, and he worked primarily with the defense. I I thought that might have been the biggest impact because I got the sense, and, and look, I'm not... I don't take sides in this and I'm not blaming anybody. I just got the sense there was a breakdown there between the the defense and and Jimmy Johnson. And sometimes that happens, you know, when you have the same coach for, for three years, it just doesn't click as well as it might've earlier. Uh, As you see it though, um, how have these assistant coaches impacted the Oilers? Because obviously it appears to be uh, mainly positive so far.
2: It has been. Uh, Let me just say this about Jimmy Johnson. He's an excellent coach. He's an outstanding human being and an excellent coach. And every coach has a uh, has a shelf life. It, it doesn't matter where you are in, in your life when you've coached. And being an ex coach and being who's <laughs> been fired, I get a little sense about that. I I, I have a world of respect for Jimmy Johnson. I dislike when I hear and I'm not doubting what you're saying, and then not uh, saying what your your narrative is false. I dislike when I hear that players have tuned the guy out. That's very unprofessional, and that's that's up to the player. That's on the player more than it's on the coach. That being said, Trent Yoni, Glenn Gulletson, and Manny DeVaros have been a new energy for, a new positive energy for the team, and I think for Todd and and Dustin Schwartz and Jeremy Capel, the three coaches who were remaining. But for Todd, he has been uh, re-energized, and he gets a a look from, or or, or, uh, opinions from three guys who have been head coaches. All of them have been head coaches, in uh, except for many in the National Hockey League. But when you have head coaches, and I, I, I do believe there are head coaches and there are assistant coaches. I, I, I just do. After years of being around the game and being a former assistant coach myself, I just believe that there are guys who are better suited to be assistants and guys who are better suited to be head coaches. And head coaches will give you a different opinion on players than assistant coaches will. They just see different things. So... I think more. also is head coaches will be more apt to have a diverse opinion, a, an opinion that might be counter to what the head coach of the team thinks. So I think that energy and that conversation and those debates have been positive. And, and brought, like I said, it brought a lot of energy. I also think that when you bring new coaches in, they come in without any bias. And I don't care who you are. You and I are media guys. And we've got bias about players that we've seen for years. We, we just do. That's, it's yep. human nature. You, you can't avoid it. We've seen certain players, and there are certain players and the others I absolutely love and think they're great, not only as human beings but as players. And then there's guys that I watch, and I think, are you kidding me? And I know you're the same way. I know everybody around the game is the same way. We all have biases about players. And head co- coaches come in brand new. They don't have those biases, and I think that helps. That brings a fresh perspective, and I think that brings a fresh way to teach players and to coach players. So I think that Trent, who I have, I've known Trent for forever. And Trent was in Hockey Canada when I, I was there, and I've known Trent with the Saskatchewan Blades. I've known him for a long, long time. And Glenn's, you know, he's also like, like Trent said last night, pretty heavy Saskatchewan influence on the others. So. They, these are guys who are really positive guys. I don't know Manny very well, but i watching Manny I'm seeing how Manny is fitting in and he's doing an outstanding job. I know he puts in a lot of work. So when I, you know, I know it's a long way to answer because these are three really smart but complex guys. And so I guess it takes me a little bit longer to say to you that you're absolutely right. The coaches have brought energy. They've brought a positive influence. They've brought a new way of teaching, a new way of looking at things, and a new way of explaining things. Sometimes, you know, as a as a as a parent, I can tell you that I can't keep telling my kids the same thing, the same way, all the time. I've got to appeal them to it in a different way. And I think Trent Yani once said it best to me. He said the key to coaching is making players play the way they don't want to play, so they can become the players they want to become.
0: Yeah, that's so, well, think? that's that well said. Pretty well. Yeah,
2: isn't that good? Yeah, that's but, really good. You, you gotta be willing to give up who you are for who you want to be in other and you have to have a coach that it gets to explain that to players on why it's important to be able to do what you have to do in order to become who you want to become.
0: Drew Armander from Sportsnet joining us tonight on Inside Sports at six forty two. Still no score between Calgary and Toronto, last minute it's of the a, second period. Sorry, it's Drew. Not very
2: good. It's not a very good high.
0: Yeah, I've been kind of keeping one eye on it. Uh it hasn't it hasn't inspired me to put the second eye on it as I'm doing (laughs) step two of the show here of course, Austin Matthews out four weeks for the uh, Leafs with a shoulder injury that he suffered a couple days ago against the Jets Drew, uh, i got to throw a couple other ones at you here, three on three overtime, Uh, Rob Brown (laughs) says he would do it if he was coaching against the Oilers two defensemen to start against Drysdale and McDavid, do you think someone's ever going to step up and do that, or are you conceding we're not going to score on this shift we're just going to try and play defense
2: Ah, uh, I think you fight fire with fire. Right. I I think you go, I think you go your top guys against their, against those, those two. And, and, and those three, when you put Oscar out there as well. It's, I, I laughed last night. I got a text from my brother, uh, watching the game. He said, that should be illegal. And I text him back, what? know, goes, put David Dreisiedel in overtime three on three because they're just phenomenal in that regard. So, I, I don't know. I think maybe. I, I guess you could try. You could try it. The problem is, is that puck control is such a, an important issue, and you can see it's such an important issue because you look how hard Leon or Connor, depends on who takes the draw, works hard at getting that face off. But even when Chicago got possession of the puck, they've got three of the best, you know, three of the top players in the National Hockey League on that on the ice with with Kays and Keith and and Kane. They had a chance when Saw came on the ice, but Connor did such a good defensive player that turned it the other way. I don't know what the... How do you beat elite-level guys who love playing that with all that open ice? I don't know. I guess so. Give it a shot. Why not? But for me, <laughs> I'm fighting fire with
0: fire. Yeah, well, and I mean, the Penguins obviously won, So, but the Oilers are still three for four in overtime. I don't know if they're going to win 75% of their overtime games all year, <laughs> but you win you win 60 or 65%, you bank a few more points than the, than other teams shape. are going to be able to get. Uh, Cam Talbot obviously looks like you know, I keep, like in the preseason, I kept saying it's only the preseason. Now I feel like 10 games in. I'm saying it's only 10 games in. Didn't have a good start against the Devils. Sure, Matt Murray outdueled them in a high scoring game when they lost to the Penguins in overtime, but he appears to be the goaltender he was a couple of years ago. I played a clip that Wayne Gretzky gave us when he joined us in Studio 99 for the home opener where he said Talbot had that. Uh, you know, that abdominal stomach muscle issue last year, and, and Gretzky said, I wonder if that's now calmed down, and he just feels a little better, feels more confident and is moving better, but last night against Chicago, to me, that was that was classic Talbot. He's not a goalie who is uh, diving around and doing cartwheels, making saves. It's just like, oh, he caught it. Oh, he trapped it again, and, and you get over there with a 2-1 win.
2: Composed, efficient. Um, I, I don't know other words to use when you talk about camp. First off, I asked Cam in, in Sweden, did you do anything different in the summer? I was looking for a you know, great, really you know, wonderful story I could share, of course, on the And he went, no, not really. <laughs> I looked at said, really? He goes, that's that bad answer? And I said, yeah. And he goes, um, I got on the ice a little earlier this year in the summer. Got on the ice a little bit more in the summer, he said. And I worked out a little differently and worked out a little harder. And the other day, I guess I shouldn't be telling this, this tale out of school, but I will anyway. he got in the dressing room. He takes his shirt off, and I look at him and went, like, holy crap, Cam. And he is jacked. This guy's a goalie, and he is jacked. He's got a six-pack. I mean, the guy is in shape. I was astounded. You know, in that room, and everybody's in shape, but goalies really aren't the ones that you look at and go, holy mackerel. But Cam is jacked. And he said, what? He, he said, I told you I worked harder this summer. (laughs) So he's in great shape. And I I think I'm a big believer in if you're physically in good condition and put your mind in good condition, the science is out there to prove it, what being in physically in in top condition can do to your brain. So that's really helpful. Number two is he talked about one thing only about when I asked him about what he's doing this summer. He said, the one thing I wanted to try to change was last year, I thought this is what he's saying. He thought that he gave up his ice too much, so he tries to not give up his ice as much. He tries to be a little bit more aggressive and challenge as a goalie. And the other thing about Cam is that he is incredibly accountable. He is very analytical when it comes to his game. He watches his game with Dustin Schwartz on video. They go over it all the time. He is, he is understanding of his position. He, he makes no bones about it. He knows when he's been good. He knows when he hasn't been good. And he Keeps himself on target and on task, so I think from a mental and physical standpoint, he's in a really good place, and that's why his game is as good as it is right now.
0: Looks very good, and Koskinen stepped up with a good game in Nashville. Drew, yeah, yeah, well, that, was,
2: well, sorry. that was good, wasn't it? You know, Koska, yeah. Koskinen winning that game and making the saves he made early—that's a—that's a big plus for the Oilers as well, because there was a question mark there.
0: Yeah, big time, and and at least he answered it for one game. Drew, I know you spend a lot of your life in the province of Saskatchewan as well. Uh, I hope you. I hope you're ready. They're going to win it, buddy. I predicted them oh. before the season. They're going to win oh. it. They're going to win it right here in Edmonton. I I picked them before the year. Know, look how it's going now.
2: Do You know how insufferable things get in Saskatchewan when they win the Great Cup. It only really happened. Well,
0: I thought you enjoyed it.
2: Me? I <laughs> don't like playing football. I mean, look, there's two sports to me. There's two sports. There's hockey and there's well, I combat sports. I'll just go boxing, and, and, and that's it. That's it. But you know how bad it gets in Saskatchewan with the green flags and the pennants out the window. And you know how much, oh, Reed, Reed you know really know what happens. It gets. I it, it only happened twice in my lifetime because they've only what, won five cups in a hundred years or four. I don't even know how many.
0: I think it's. I think they're at four.
2: Reed, do you know how bad it gets in Saskatchewan when they win the great Cup?
0: Uh, well, I can only imagine. <laughs> I'm, luckily, I've never been there when it's happened. <laughs> it's gonna be sad. Be uh, sad. Are you around tomorrow?
1: <laughs> I'm around tomorrow. I'm uh, panel tomorrow.
0: All right. I'll see you at the rink, Drew. Love having you on the show, Matt. Thanks for your insight. Good talking to you. That is Drew Remenda checking in from Sportsnet. Uh, good observations there on the Oilers coaching staff, Cam Talbot, why they are playing better this season. Certainly, the defense is moving the puck up ice a lot quicker and a lot more efficiently than they did last season. And Rob and I were talking about an overtime open line. Those longer passes, getting it up, has led directly to three goals already this year. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Check them out online, northchickenyeg.com. Check them out in person, 124th Street, 107th Ave.
2: You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader.
0: 630 Chen. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. After two periods in Toronto, no score between the Flames and Maple Leafs. Austin Matthews, Leaf star, out at least four weeks with a left shoulder injury.
1: It's a challenge, I think, uh, just because, you know, you want to be out there so bad. It sucks. uh, I think watching watching the game is probably the worst part. And then... Uh, just being around your teammates, uh, being a part of something—I uh, think that's that's kind of the hardest thing. But uh, we have such an unbelievable group of guys, and everybody makes you feel uh, you know part of it, regardless if you're injured or scratched or whatever. So, um, you know that, that part that part will be fun.
0: One other NHL game tonight: the Wild play of the Canucks. It starts at eight. Monday Night Football. One minute left in the first quarter. It is three nothing. The Patriots leading the Bills. Oilers and Wild tomorrow here on 6.30. Chet, 5.30 for the face-off show. The game will start at 7. Same times on Thursday when the Eskimos ho- or the uh, Oilers host the Chicago Blackhawks. Some portions of Inside Sports presented by Furnace Family, your 24-7 furnace repair and replacement specialist. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. The Oilers did not practice today. We'll see how they uh, look for the morning skate Tomorrow, we'll see if Yessi poulou is going to get back into the lineup after being scratched for a couple of games. Will young defenseman Evan Bouchard play? He has two games left until the Oilers have to make a decision about returning him to junior or keeping on playing him and therefore using the first year of his entry-level contract. I think he will be going back to uh, London at some point. He didn't play either game on the weekend, so he remains holding at, uh, at seven games to go pooley is an interesting case. Uh, I, I I mean, look, I, I don't think he's uh, unfortunately been overly impressive. He had a pretty good preseason, hasn't done enough in in the regular season. And uh, like Drew was talking about it, everybody wants to score. Uh, what do you do if you're not scoring? Can you impact the game? Can you play responsible? Can you play smart? I don't think pooley has done that. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him go into the AHL so he plays, maybe works on some things, works on some consistency. The flip side of that argument is uh, does that you know, further drain his confidence and, and make him feel like he's not part of the weather's plans? I don't know. But you got to get him playing and you got to get him contributing. He has not been doing that to this point. All right, we're coming up to the 7 o'clock news. Don't forget Jason Moss Morley Scott the Eskimos coaches show coming up from 730 to 8 uh, we're gonna have some fun in the next half hour we are going to go to Cleveland they've made uh, a lot of news with their sports teams over the last couple of days so let, let me see this the, the the LeBron James leaves Cleveland and now you fire the coach because they can't win interesting we'll get into that when we get back.